0: Good morning, everybody. How are you? I'm Nick from Define Life, and this is our weekly Define My Day check-in. Uh, thanks for joining me. If you're catching me on the replay, hey, sorry you didn't make the live. Uh, we're here every Monday at 10 a.m. You can also catch the replay on our Defining Life podcast with Nick Boris. That's on Apple, uh, iTunes, Um or Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it now, Uh, Google Play, Spotify, and uh, we have links to it on our website too, I believe. If not, we should put them there. Uh, So, you know, it's uh, the day after the Super Bowl and uh, I'm exhausted. Uh, So the one good thing that my illness last week or two weeks ago did for me was it reset my sleep schedule. I had been for months now trying to get to a place where I could get to bed at a decent time and wake up early. And uh, that actually happened. Because of me being sick So we've been getting the boys to bed at 8.30, 9 o'clock Which they hate uh, But um, You know, I haven't been watching TV And so I've been getting to bed at like 9.30, 10 o'clock At least in bed by 9.30 And then just sort of reading or whatever until 10 o'clock um, So I've been getting up earlier and things have been good And so last night trying to stay up to watch the Super Bowl You know, to see them hand the trophy off and see Tom Brady get it for the seventh time and all of that. I'm not a big Tom Brady fan, but I do appreciate you know everything he's done. And we're going to talk about that today. But that staying up that late and then trying to get out of bed this morning, man, that was tough. Uh, I got out of bed at like seven and got my stuff done. And I actually worked out one of my goals this week is to do my workout in the morning before the kids wake up. So I have it done. I get the blood flowing and I have it done. Uh, I find that I think I know it works better for me in the morning and I just need to do it. Um that way nothing else runs into it and I don't feel tired or lazy in the afternoon. But it feels great having a workout in already today and knowing that like that's done. Like I can check that off. And it kind of gets me, you know, eating healthier. I've had a healthier breakfast. It's just it's just an overall better feeling. So I'm gonna I'm gonna change up my schedule now. And I have to actually redo my ideal day now to get that workout in the morning. Uh, Let me know if anything weird happens with our video here We're trying a new connection on our uh, camera So that we get a clearer picture in the recording And in the the live stream So let me know if anything goofy happens with this I'll keep an eye on it to myself Uh, How is everybody? Let's see what's going on in the comments Debbie, good morning Brenda, good morning And another Brenda, good morning Angel, good morning, good to see you Today we're going to talk about attitude I've been doing a... Ton of reading over the past couple of days. Um, I've listened. I've, I've finished the book Outliers. I listened to the book uh, Mind Hacking Happiness, and I have started reading this book, uh, The Second Mountain, uh, by David Brooks. And I'll tell you what. Like it's funny how things like come at you right when you need them. Like this book. Is just what I need And I don't even remember who told me to read it I think it was one of you guys um, uh, just, I mean I'm a, I'm a quarter of the way through it And um, ah, Wow And, and we're going to go a little bit into this today um, So what else did I just read It was on my, uh, my Kindle oh, That's not good I wanted to talk about it And I'm having a brain fart I want to blame, blame it on the Rona. <laughs> um, oh, goodness gracious. Oh, Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. Uh, that one, um, just perfect, especially when you have, like, a sickness and you're in bed and there's nothing but stillness because you've just got nothing to do. Uh, very good book. So I've, I've crushed a bunch of books in the past couple of weeks, and I'm getting into a nice groove with it, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm going to keep up that pace. So... Yeah. Um, Lori, first time here. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Sherry, good morning. Dee, good morning. Luann, no. Waiting to find out if she has COVID-19. I am sorry to hear that. Um, I'm actually going to go and get a blood test this week just to see if I've ever had it. If, you know, two weeks ago was it, um, I'd like to know. And I kind of would inform some decisions we make going forward, whether the kids go to school or not. Because I figure... If I had it, then everybody else has probably been exposed to it, and we're kind of good to go at that point. Not that we're going to stop wearing masks or social distancing, but we're not going to be as rigid as we have been. So that's kind of our, our goal. Um, man, I, Gene, I woke up to uh, 17 degrees here, so I know what you're feeling. It is cold. We try to play football out in the street yesterday just catching and, and you know, just trying to get the boys, like, into into spring and getting more physical activity outside, not just sled riding and snowball fights. And uh, it was brisk. It was – our fingers were, like, numb by the time we were done. We were only out there for, like, a half an hour maybe. But, yeah, it was brisk. Um, Amy, good morning. Good to see you. Um feel like I hear something like an alarm going off somewhere. So um, there's a couple things I want to talk about today and it all involves our attitude. Right. And and I think this is this is sort of, um, you know, like I, I notice it not obviously not with everybody, but I do notice a common theme, especially for the people that are dissatisfied with Define My Day or whatever. And um you know, it's this this idea that, like, just doing one thing is going to fix a problem, right? That just doing, like, you know, like, if I buy this, then my problems resolved. Not understanding that there's, like, there's work, like, every day. And I think that's kind of, like, I'm, I'm really concerned about that with a lot of people. Um, and, and not just people that are using Define My Day, but overall, I've seen it in myself, too. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, but first off, I'm going to get into... Uh, the habits that we talked about earlier this week in the user group. Uh, this is like my, my reading habit. Like this has been my afternoon, you know, after I do like the priority work and I eat my lunch and I hang out with the boys for lunch, I've been going down to exercise and I take my shower and then I I sit down like this. I, I got this new little table next to my man chair, my leather chair, my, my wife calls it my man chair. And... I, I, I just set up my, my noise-canceling headphones, so I'm, like, in a deprivation tank almost. Uh, I, I get my tea, my green tea, or sometimes there's, like, a peach detox tea we have, something, like, low in caffeine so it's, I'm not wired for the rest of the day. Uh, throw a little bit of honey in there, and I sit down and I read a book. It could be for 15 minutes. It could be a half an hour. It could be, like, some days this past week it's been, like, an hour or more or multiple times at, like, 15 minutes. And it's just this nice, like drowning out the noise, you know, whether it's the kids jumping around or whatever, it's that, you know, that, that sitting in the chair and just learning and absorbing new information. And and I'll tell you, it's one of my favorite times of the day right now, It's just that, that opportunity to decompress. And so, you know, that's like my one habit stack. I get you know, the, my ability to, uh, just chill. Uh, but you know, as far as my disciplines are concerned on our disciplines page, you know, I'm reading, I'm drinking my tea, which antioxidants or whatever benefit I'm looking for from there. Uh, and I'm, and I'm just getting that stillness. Right. And so, um, You know, I think like these like little scheduled carve out times, it's more guaranteed to happen when we actually schedule it and we build more things together like this. So uh, I might put my meditation in here, too, instead of doing doing it in the morning or maybe even doing it twice. We'll see Uh, if you read the books uh, like Mind Hacking Happiness. He is big in the meditation and all the health benefits of meditation and showing how like. People are healthier by meditating twice a day for 20 minutes each time. You know, they're literally like scientifically proven to be healthier, uh, healthier mentally and physically uh, than people that don't. And so, um, you know, I I feel like maybe that's something I need to integrate a little bit more into my life. So I may try to do it twice a day. 40 minutes a day seems like a lot, but, you know, so did 20 minutes a day, so did two minutes at some point. So we'll see if I can grow into it. Uh, the uh, the other stuff So we have uh, uh, This, this. we made some pork butt uh, We made some pulled pork sandwiches For the Super Bowl yesterday It took forever to cook Because I think it was just too cold outside um, And so uh, we ended up having to bring it inside last night So I could finish it off and, and cook it in the oven But that's Nicholas with his long COVID hair uh, Because he hasn't gone to get a haircut And he won't let me cut it um, So that's him And uh, I'm trying to bring them more into the things that I do rather than just doing it myself, trying to bring them into the activity. So the boys helped me uh, season the the pork shoulder. And, uh, you know, they tried to help. They helped me build a aquarium stand in the basement. I tried to do like a homemade aquarium stand that I for an aquarium that I bought off of some guy over the weekend. And um, so I'm trying to bring them more into like just me instead of me going off by myself, bringing them more into it. So we have more of like that. Relationship type stuff. Again, it's like small moments, you know. Just trying to integrate a little bit more with uh, what I'm trying to do every day. Um, so, you know, just trying to trying to make the little changes. Uh, but so the couple things that we talked about or I posted in the user group. This was one of them. Uh, this was from Friday. i uh, talking about leisure and how we look at leisure. And this goes into that attitude aspect that I was talking about. And Like, a lot of us just want to mentally check out. You know, we want to just, like, waste time. Like, not even have to worry about thinking about anything. And uh, this is from Stillness is the Key from Ryan Holiday. And... You know, I think that's wrong. And I agree with him in his book when he talks about it is that, like, leisure can still sharpen your mind, right? We don't want our minds to go to mush. Uh, we obviously don't want to wear ourselves out. And I think the key to all of this is in anything in and everything we do with Define My Day is to look at the end result. You know, how do we feel after doing this thing that we were doing? If we're watching TV for three hours a day, do you feel energized by that? Do you feel the energy to move forward and do more tomorrow, more productive stuff? Or are you just avoiding the things that need to happen? And are you wearing yourself out by staying up too late and then just making it harder for you to do the things that you need to do? And it starts this downward percept- uh, 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 a perpetual cycle where... You know, you just, you just, you don't have time, you're overwhelmed, you're anxious, you're depressed, and it just keeps going like down and down and down and you just like, you don't have any way to pull out of it. And you just have to stop like that thing that's causing like the the biggest problem in in your cycle. So for me, for me in my own life, like watching TV was a big thing for me. I had to stop, just cut it off, stop watching TV. And that gave me hours in a day. So, you know, like, and every time somebody says, I don't have time to do whatever, you know, how much TV are you watching? How much Facebook are you Facebooking? Um, How much, you know, whatever is going on, dial it back. And if you need to cut it off cold turkey, maybe you need to do that. And we need to refocus our leisure time on things that actually build us up as people. Because, you know, you don't want, and he goes into that in the book is that you like, you don't want your leisure to become obsessive either. You know, it's all got to be done in moderation, going back to that river of well-being. That can apply to every aspect. Like, we don't want to go too crazy in the leisure where we just don't do anything else and we're obsessed by it. But we don't want to have our leisure be this thing that just, like, allows us to just let life go and causes too much chaos. And so we find these things that help us think more clearly, clear our minds, maybe uh, explore Um, You know, a a new way of thinking, uh, help us sharpen our minds towards, you know, building a skill, you know, whether it's playing piano or sewing or painting or, you know, or your leisure might be an activity like, you know, like there was one example in a book of like there was somebody, I think it was a a British prime minister who used to just chop down trees. Like he'd go out into the woods and just start chopping down trees. You know, he would also plant trees, so don't get too upset about it, but You know, this concept of like, you know, like you can if you're you're actively improving during leisure, it's much better than just trying to numb yourself and check check out. So keep that in mind as you're going through your weekend and leisurely activities. You know, is it benefiting you or is it hurting you? Um, You know, for me, for a while. You know, it can change. Like for me, for a while, mowing the lawn was hurting me. It was taking time. Like I didn't have a whole lot of time. So it was taking time away from my boys and I and me doing anything with the family. And I was having allergic reactions. And it was just like it would ruin me, right? But when I flipped it a little bit, when I found an allergy medication that helped me, when um, it didn't take up too much time, when I actually had more time to spend with the boys and I actually needed time by myself... And I put on noise-canceling headphones and I could listen to an audiobook or I could listen to a, a good podcast while mowing the lawn. Then the, mowing the lawn turned into 45 minutes or an hour of me time. It was me just doing a monotonous task, you know, making things look nice while also absorbing really good information. So while on one hand, mowing the lawn can be just like this burdensome waste of time, I've now turned it into a time of self, you know, uh, personal development. So you have to, you know, you can flip it and make certain things productive for yourself. Um, It just depends. Like, you know, it just depends on how you're looking at it and what you're using it for. Uh, You know, landscaping, gardening, like some people... Enjoy gardening, and it clears their minds. That's a leisurely activity that is work, but it sharpens your mind, right? If you if you do it right. If you're just the whole time complaining about the fact that you're doing gardening, well, then it's just not right. You have to sort of enjoy it while also doing the work. You know the the aquarium thing we talk. You know I have these aquariums, right? You know people. You know uh, one person commented on one of my Facebook posts. Well, that's a that's a big you know it's a beautiful money pit. Yeah, for some people. Like if you're just going to buy it and you just want it to be a piece of like something pretty to look at and interesting and you know people talk about it, that's one thing. And you're going to spend a lot of money having somebody else keep it up for you or it's not going to be kept up at all and it's going to degrade and it's not going to look good and it's going to be a money pit. But for me, you know, I take care of it every day. I monitor it every day. Um, I enjoy it. It helps me clear my mind. And when I'm stressed out, when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm angry, I can look at it and it just kind of like goes away, you know. So for me, it's a leisurely activity that challenges me. I learn and I'm growing from it. 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. 20 years ago, it was just this thing that I did. So it's, it's a matter of having the proper attitude when approaching it. Uh, but it was also a really good example of how when you don't constantly maintain things in life, it can the wheels can fall off pretty quickly. That time I was in bed for the week couple of weeks ago, you know, the fish got fed, um, the water got topped off, but I wasn't monitoring the parameters. I wasn't, you know, keeping my eye on things and things started to drift and and some of the coral started not looking real healthy by the end of the week. And so, you know, it, it's when we're not paying attention to things, things can degrade quickly. And that's a it's kind of a metaphor for life. You know, if we're not monitoring our relationships, our health, if we're not doing the, the things that we need to do every day, things can degrade. And someday we will we wake up and we go, holy crap. Why, why are things on like this bad path right now? Well, it's because we took our eye off the ball for so long. Lynn and I got into a discussion this week about our house. Like, we have this great house. This is the house we really wanted for for 10 years, right? And we finally got it. And we're talking about, like, the things that we need to do this year. And, you know, like, I, I told you guys the other week, you know, when I'm sitting in the bedroom for a week, like, I'm looking up at the ceiling and seeing cracks in the ceiling, right? I had a list of, like, 20 things that I could do in that room. You know, from putting a nice little chair to read in the corner to painting the, the windows, to, like, all the things that could be done. There's there's literally 20 things on a list for one room. And I know there's a lot of things that we need to do in the house, from landscaping to trim, trimming trees to painting different things. You know, there's upkeep that needs to be done in this house just like any other house. And I think, you know, like, you get in this sense, and I can, I can think of, like, how I was in our old house is that sometimes you just think like you should just buy something and it should just be right. It should just be good forever and you shouldn't have to worry about it. And that's kind of like an entitlement mentality. It's also a fixed mindset. But, you know, everything needs to be consistently maintained and you sort of have to plan it out. And so as Lynn and I were having this discussion over the weekend, you know, you start talking about all the things that need to be done. And she was getting a little dismayed by it because like it just seems like a lot. And it is a lot Especially if you have to do it all at once And so I was trying to like talk her through it Like you know that like You know you know she like she's upset in a way because she's like I, lo- I love our house the way it is. And I was like, yeah, but there's always need for improvement and if we let it go for too long, we're not going to like it the way it is. It's going to it's going to start to deteriorate, right? And and you can see how that might also be in our lives. Like if we don't maintain ourselves, like we we're happy the way we are, but there's always room for improvement. And if we don't do the consistent maintenance, our lives deteriorate. And so when we're looking at our house, we handle it the same way we're handling our goals. We write down everything that we want to accomplish in our house, from landscaping to trimming trees, to painting certain rooms that need to be updated, to fixing some tiles in a floor, you know, all these things that need to be done. You know, on top of the constant maintenance, you know, the sweeping and the cleaning windows and all that stuff. Right. So, you know, there's a laundry list of things that add up to thousands of dollars and you just have to you have to write them all down at once and realize, like, I can't handle all of this at once. I need to pick the things that need to be done immediately, urgently and and do them. And then I need to think, pick the things that I want to get done, the things that are gonna make the house more beautiful, more livable, more comfortable. And I'll, I'll, put, I'll prioritize those things and then sort of lay out a schedule, you know, a, an ideal schedule as to like something's gonna get done in the spring, this is gonna get done in the summer, understanding that things might pop up that are unexpected and sometimes they need to go in front of what we really want and we have to just be understanding and say, you know what? I have 30 years in this house, maybe more. And at some point, I'll get it all done. It's not going to be perfect now. But I am still enjoying it now. I'm still, you know, I'm still proud of what I have, understanding that there are things that need to be maintained and things that need to be fixed or worked on or improved. That's very much the same in life. It's, it's, you know, it's the same in, in business. It's the same in life. It's the same in our, the homes we have, There's always more to do. We have to get a good understanding, a good visual of what those things are. And if you don't, All right. If you don't explore those things, then you're not gonna have a solid understanding of those things. And you're just gonna kind of like do whatever is staring you in the face right now immediately. You know, you're just gonna you're just gonna see that like this is the the meeting uh, the immediate pressing thing, and that's gonna be like what you attack, and it might really not be a priority in the hierarchy of everything you need to do. But when you have a good understanding of everything that's that's out there, you know, you can say, you know, okay, this this wasn't on my list, but it's really important. I need to get it done now, or you can say, you know. This, I, I understand that this is a thing, but it's not on my list. It's not a priority for me. I'm giving my permission, myself permission to let it go. And if it comes back again with a higher priority, then I'll worry about it, but you know, I'm not going to right now. And so that's how we have to handle our current housings, our current house situation, right? We're gonna write down every single thing that needs to be done, just a running list. You know, we want a new fence yeah we have a fence we don't need a new fence we'd love a beautiful new fence the fence we have isn't that great looking but you know it, it's going to cost a lot of money to go out and get a new fence and given the list of other things that we want to get done where does that really fall on our list and so compared to you know my attitude how it used to be especially with our old house Is that like, you know, I I didn't want to approach it that way, right? I I didn't want to deal with these issues and deal with constant maintenance. I resented it. And that created a bad mindset and a bad situation. You can't resent the constant maintenance. You can't resent the constant upkeep in your life. Because if you do... Things are still going to happen to you, and it's going to lead you to a bad place because you're going to only be doing the things that are yelling at you to get done right now, and you're not going to be happy with the result. You're only, you're letting life push you back and forth, like going from the thing that's yelling now, 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 me, 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 now, 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 and just bouncing from one thing to another never really navigating anything. You're just sort of like bobbing around and kind of getting pushed around by life. So understand that if you're not doing the current maintenance, if you're not doing the, the upkeep in your physical body, in your mind, in, in, in that constant growth that needs to happen, then things do deteriorate. You might not even be aware of it, right? It's just happening. Your, your life is deteriorating because you're not doing the regular maintenance. Your body is deteriorating because you're not doing the regular maintenance. Because you have this attitude of like, I shouldn't have to. This attitude of entitlement. Like, it should all just be okay for me. That's not real life. It's not real life. Life is work, right? Life requires work. Every day, life requires work. And so we can't have this attitude, and we all have it at some point. We can't have this attitude that things are going to be easy. And it helps a lot of times to think to yourself, like, other people have it a lot harder than me. Like, even this stuff that I resent, there are people going through harder times. There are people in our country struggling to survive. There are people in other countries struggling to survive, like, seriously, like, there's, like, there's, like, gangs coming into towns and killing everybody or they have dictators that are chemical bombing them we don't deal with that we still have problems but we still resent those problems instead of looking at them as a, as, a, as an opportunity to grow and some of us create problems because we're addicted to that problem feeling I think about that every time we send out an email. And every so often somebody responds back, you know, stop emailing me. Okay, they're really upset about an email they got. They can respond back and say that or they can simply click the unsubscribe button. But that's too easy. They would rather be mad. They would rather be upset. And so they're addicted to this upsetness. They want everybody to know how upset they are. That attitude is not going to get them to a happy place. It's not. So we really, really have to monitor how we are looking at our lives and how we're looking at the problems that come our way every day and how we're attacking the problems and the goals that are coming our way down the road. A lot of this stuff we can anticipate You know, whether it's a budget thing, you know, a work problem or a work goal or a personal goal, we can anticipate a lot of this stuff. A lot of times we're choosing not to, and that's not okay because eventually it's going to smack us, right? And that's what we're trying to do with Define My Day. We're trying to get you to look, you know, just to look down the road and then bring it in right now and handle what you can handle right now. Do what you can do. Take a couple steps forward. And then tomorrow, wake up and do it all over again. You can't resent the process. You can't. Because if you do, you're just going to be unhappy. And it's not the define my day process. It's the life process. We all have problems. We can't resent the problems. We just have to traverse the problems. In that mindset that, that mindset that you have in dealing with problems determines how successful you're going to be. And I'm not talking about success in money, I'm talking about success in, success in the attainment of happiness. You have to work at it. You can't earn it for nothing. And I'll talk about, let's talk about earning it as in relation to yesterday. Tom Brady, seven Super Bowl rings. He's rich. He's got a beautiful wife, beautiful family, you know, and all by all accounts, he's got it all right. You could look at him and say, man, that guy's lucky. Is he or has he worked his butt off every day? (laughs) He's developed he's developed a routine. He eats healthy and people say, oh, he doesn't you know, he doesn't even eat pizza. Yeah, he does. In fact, he just did an interview yesterday. He had pizza like two weeks ago. He just doesn't have it every day or every week. He eats a lot of vegetables, drinks a lot of water, exercises, probably does a lot of mindfulness exercises. I read his book a couple of years ago. I don't remember the details, but I remember reading his book thinking, well, he's a little kooky. He's a little kooky, but his kookiness is directed towards, towards growth. It's directed towards being healthy. And look what he got with it. Look what he got with it. I mean, how many times do you see an athlete or somebody really intelligent, they have all the skills and all the ability, and they just let it all go? They don't work hard enough. They don't study. They don't train. They feel like everything, they deserve everything. They just don't want to work for it. They don't want to develop for it. And what do they get? A lot of times they end up bankrupt. They end up with a lot of drama that they don't need. Maybe end up in jail. Some, Some people end up dead because they deserved so much, and weren't, well, they weren't willing to work for it. And then you got this guy who, in my, my, in my opinion, is the pinnacle of the guy that works for everything he got. I might not be a fan of his team, I might not even be a real fan of his, but I respect what he's done. I respect him a lot. And I wish the players on my team acted the way he acts maybe just a little bit more. They might not want to go to the crazy level that he does, and a lot of people don't. But you're also not going to get those results when you don't. You know, we can't magically get from, you know, not doing any of it to seven Super Bowl rings. Whatever your Super Bowl ring in life might be, we're not going to magically get there. We can't say, you know, I'm going to watch three hours of TV every day and eat garbage and, and and you know, not focus on, you know, the few things that I need to work on every day to get me to where I want to go. And then magically get to where we want to go It just doesn't happen And we certainly can't resent The problems And and the work in in general We have to see that it's just Part of what we have to deal with We have to deal with it And grow from it and move on Move forward You know, Nicholas um, And it's something I need to talk with him about he doesn't like Brady because of the deflate gate thing and some other examples of cheating that he feels he's seen on YouTube, which we need to explore a little bit more. And so, you know, last night, you know, the whole time he was really upset about Brady winning because he's a cheater. Right. And I, I really need to talk him through this because he's got a very strong sense of right and wrong, which I don't I don't dislike. I actually, I, I appreciate it with him. But at the same time. This idea, like it, that idea of him cheating, kind of takes away from everything he's accomplished. And I think we also have to look at people that way in general, right? We can't, we can't totally take away everything somebody's accomplished because they have flaws or because they've done something wrong, right? Which we want it to be black and white. We want it to be like good and evil, and life is very rarely that way. Again, it's that that river of well-being. It's that, you know, there's, there's good and bad There's, there's positive and negative there's, there's, there's rigidity and chaos And there's always something in the middle And, you know, as we're traversing this ourselves We have to be very wary of, like, not going too far in either direction And trying to stay as balanced as we can Understanding we're going to drift either way But there's ability to change So I'm not saying be hyper rigid. I'm not saying, you know, you know, just try to be happy in every moment. I'm not saying you need to work super hard. I'm saying you need to be aware of the outcomes. Understand that there is work. But through doing good work, there is also a good result. Sherry says, uh, "Studies have proven that people can lower their blood pressure levels by spending time watching fish in tanks." Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. I think it's I think I'm a good example. Uh, Angel said, "I can't even imagine three hours of TV a day anymore. I don't think I even watch three hours per month." Yeah, you know it's funny. Um, I actually have a negative reaction to TV now. Um, although in the during the pandemic, I've watched a lot more than I ever have. Um, you know, uh, when I stopped, I stopped cold turkey. And it, but it took me a while. Like I was sitting there and I'm snacking and like I knew that like getting to bed late was a problem, snacking was a problem. Like there's a lot of bad triggers and a bad results from me from watching TV. But I still was compulsively compelled to watch these episodes of shows like at least three nights a week. I'm sure. But I had this overwhelming feeling over time that it was just negative So every time I sat down, I kept thinking to myself, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad And I, and I thought it so much that I eventually just said, you know what, I'm, I'm done I'm done, I can't do this anymore And so when that happened, um, like a change immediately happened You know, and it's funny because nothing else in life. I can't think of anything else in life. I'm wrecking my brain right now trying to think of any other area where this has happened. But it was like like that for me. I stopped watching TV and I was able to wake up earlier. I didn't consume as many garbage calories because I wasn't that that TV trigger wasn't there. And my evening was much more open to do family things, personal development things, you know, just work even like I I needed time to work and it had that like immediate positive impact and I don't know that anything I've ever done now that I'm thinking about it has really had that much of a positive impact stopping watching tv was huge for me and now it's kind of that same situation like you know I'm not watching the news now um not at least like a couple of minutes a day but I'm not really watching the news I'm not spending a whole lot of time on social media and um You know, now I'm I'm heading to bed at like 930 at night, you know, rather than watching TV until 11. It's huge. It's huge. And now, like, I really have a hard time watching TV. I'll watch movies with the boys because I'm attaching that togetherness with the boys to it. But I really have a hard time getting into a series. Like, I don't want to make that commitment to get into a series because I, I know it's going to feel wrong. I know it's going to have a negative impact. So I don't do it. And I've had this aversion to TV And anytime somebody goes into how much TV they watch and it's a big amount, I just know like there's like anytime they say like then they also if they also tell me about problems they're having, I'm like, just watching the TV like that one thing can have a huge impact. You know, or, or, you know, this, how many people, you know, like this all day long, just all day long, right? Just looking at their phone. And I'm like, man, like that adds up so much. Even me, like, you know, checking emails and doing all the work I do two and a half, three hours a day on my phone. I mean, literally, I've, I've watched my screen time app. It's not the four hours it used to be. And probably even before screen time came out, it was five. But, you know. Cutting that down is, is a big, big thing because those hours add up. You know, in a week, if you cut down an hour a day for a week, that's seven hours. That's a whole night's a, night worth of sleep. And because it chips away at us, it, it just it hurts us. It hurts us so bad. So, so I'm going to get like, I'm going to wrap this up by talking about this book right here. So this book... Um, uh, is it the right time for me right now? And I, as I'm reading it, I'm trying to think of where I am. So they talk about, you know, in this book, this guy talks about like he used to be like the meritocracy guy like five years ago. In fact, he wrote a book about the meritocracy. You know, like you work hard, you get right. And and you see other guys on on social media talking about this a lot meritocracy meritocracy and this individualistic mentality you know i'm free to do whatever and i'm going to earn for myself and whatever and he calls that the first mountain and somewhere along the way between these books something happened to him and his life changed and he went down into the valley and he found his second mountain Which is a life of meaning Right? Like doing things more for The world Or the people around you Rather than just me And I've It's funny because in my I'm trying to like Visualize in my mind Where I am Because I know I was on the first mountain For a while You know I wanted A successful business I wanted the new car I wanted the big house I wanted All the Things You know And at some point, I was up there, and I'm looking around, and I'm looking at the the way people talked around me, and I felt kind of icky about it. And I realized, like, my relationships weren't what I wanted them to be with my wife, with my kids. And I realized that, like, things needed to change. And so, you know, to find my day helped with that, and, like, all the reading and, and personal development and all that stuff helped. But I don't know exactly where I am right now. Like, am I still in the valley trying to, like, look up and figure out exactly where I am? Or am I climbing like I'm in the foothills of the second mountain? I don't know exactly where I am. And maybe I'll figure it out as I go through the book. But, you know, I still feel like I should be doing more. And I still don't feel compelled to do maybe as much as I feel like I should be. But then it's also about analyzing, like, what should I be doing? Am I basing it on what other people are doing? Am I basing it on what I feel like I should be doing? Maybe I do need to focus more time on my kids. Maybe I do need to be devoting more time to helping them develop as as good young adults. I don't know. So as I'm reading this book, I'm sort of, I'm I'm getting into, um, you know, where I am and it's, But it's funny Because this book Has hit me Just at the right time Just at the right time Especially after like this Like I feel like the, This whole year Like stuck in the house alone uh, Has been kind of like A wandering through Like the like the dark part of the valley, almost like the misty, cold, swampy part, and so now we're kind of coming out of it, and you know, picking our heads up a little bit and seeing a little bit of the, a little bit of the road ahead, and so it's it's kind of weird. I'm I'm trying to visualize it and I'm trying to understand where I am, um, but there are a couple. There's a couple of takes that I have from this so far. Uh, number one is that. Um, I've felt in talking with you guys and all of this, you know, some people will make like even friends have made comments like, you know, you can't you can't seem uncertain about where you are because, um, you know, there are other people, uh, you know, need you to be like the rock solid example. And uh, I've gone back and forth on it. And I think I'm a definitive. um, My opinion definitively is that's B.S. And because uh, I'm going to say that because I've seen, especially this year, examples of people that hold themselves up to be the rock solid moral authority. And then we come to find out that they're just a hypocrite. And I don't want to be that person. So in exploring my own self with this and uh, in, in, in looking at is in relation to other people out there, uh, whether it's in this field or somewhere else, you know, it could be politics, religion, uh, business, whatever. The people that seem to hold themselves up for the highest esteem sort of seem like they have the, the more skeletons in their closet, don't they? And so I have I think I'm, I'm determined At this point to be as honest as possible about where I am in this process. I don't have it all figured out. And, you know, this this whole journey isn't about me being perfect and the example for you guys. It's about figuring this out with you. And I might be in some cases, a couple steps ahead of you. But at some point, I might also fall back and lean on you guys for some examples. And I've seen that even in the user group where people go, oh, I'm doing this. And I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. You know, because we're all, you know, we're all on this little journey together, right? And so I'm not going to hold myself up. And, And if I ever start to, I hope somebody would say to me, dude, come on. (laughs) <laughs> like, you, you sound ridiculous. You know, like, I am not going to hold myself up to be this guy that knows everything. Because, And to be honest with you, the more I learn, the more I realize I know less. So, you know, we're getting there, right? We're getting there. The other thing that's my eye-opening part about this book, and I'll show you a photo I took of the page, is this right here. So the... Socrates said that the purpose of life is the perfection of our souls. And, you know, I, I, I'm like the sense of purpose has always been like a thing for me, at least for the past five years. I wouldn't say always but the past five years trying to understand my purpose. And that whole perfection of our souls thing seems pretty poignant for me. And then down below here, it's it's like understanding our feelings and how we're doing things especially now because you see a, a lot of moral righteousness in the world and i feel like this was really important when we do something good we feel elevation when we do something oh my, i can't read it when we do something bad we start making moral justifications so when we do something good we feel elevation when we do something bad we start making moral justifications and we've, I think we've seen a lot of this stuff, right, where, you know, people start rationalizing why they can behave badly. And I've done it, right? I'm sure we've all done it. But understanding why we've done it and understanding maybe how we can take responsibility for that is very important. And the last part about this, and I think this is very important, um, he talks about the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness being that feeling of like you know, I'm happy right now like I, and when you do what makes you happy, it's like a short-term thing, right? But we use the word happiness for a lot to describe a lot of situations and a lot of things in life. you know I want to be happy. We want to be happy, but happy is short term. And he differentiates differentiates the words happiness and joy. Joy is different. Joy is like having that fulfilled life. Joy is just that feeling of just like being awesome, you know? And so I think that's maybe the difference in in how we need to clarify how we talk about it. Because you can be happy, you know, going back to TV. You can be happy watching TV. But is it bringing you joy? I would say that maybe joy comes from gardening, right? Spending time growing something, cultivating something. I'm actually not happy cleaning the aquarium, but it does bring me joy. I'm not even happy mowing the lawn, right? But it does bring me joy. Sometimes I'm not even happy playing with my kids. Sometimes it's like, ugh, ooh. But it does bring me joy. To know that they're growing, developing, that we're doing things together, that they're going to have these memories, that it's going to be bigger down the road. So I think, you know, as far as attitudes go, we need to pull apart happiness and joy and understand that what's making us happy right now might not be bringing us joy. So I'm going to hit the comments real quick before I leave you on that one. Gene uh, says, I'm glad you tell us about your flaws. It makes me feel I'm not alone. Oh, man, you're definitely not alone. You are not alone. I, you know what? I screw up more than I get things right. Um, but it's that, you know, again, going back to the house analogy, I can love my house. I can love my neighborhood, but still understand there's plenty of room to grow and plenty of room for improvement. And the more comfortable we get in our house, the more I look around and look at the details, I can see much more opportunity to make this place better. And we do that with ourselves, right? We can look at it from far away and say, oh, I'm perfect. <laughs> but I think the more you dig into yourself and understand, like, there's flaws here and we can, we can fix them and we can grow. And... Um, That takes work And it doesn't mean we have to feel bad about ourselves It doesn't mean there's less value My house isn't any less valuable Because it needs work But there's a lot of potential there Right And the same thing happens in our lives Uh, Debbie, uh, the journey for me Is living a truth and integrity Based life And trying to always learn from other people Do so uh, the journey for me is living a truth and integrity based life, and trying to always learn from other people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that that's a that's a good attitude to have. Absolutely. And we're not. It's not always going to be perfect, right? I mean, it's not going to be perfect. Um, you know, I, we can make bad decisions, and we go. Oh, I'm not going to do that again. Uh, Name of the book, Bill, is uh, The Second Mountain, The Quest for a Moral Life by David Brooks. Stacy said, uh, yes, I came late. What was the name of the book? Yeah. Right there. Uh, Martha says, uh, when you were sick and wasn't able to do your Define My Day, what did you do with those empty pages? Um, So what I ended up doing uh, was I only did Monday so what I ended up doing was um, I erased Monday and just used Monday again. So I have a, a gap in a way. Uh, I go from, I don't remember what the dates were, but I go from uh, one week, skipped a week and went to the next. Now, ideally, Martha, I would have still done Define My Day, Second bet. I wasn't compelled to do it and I'm not going to feel bad about it, obviously. But I think if I would have had a better record of my thoughts during that time, I probably would have come out of it uh, a little bit better, but you know, it's, yeah, you know, we can't all be perfect with it. You're welcome, Bill. You're welcome. All right, I am going to get on with my day. I'm going to get ready to give my boys some lunch and hang out with them, and then I'm off to do all the other stuff. If you missed any part of this, uh, you can catch the replay here. You can catch the replay on YouTube, and you can catch the replay on our podcast, The Defining Life Podcast with Nick. Um, I look forward to talking to you guys again next time. Take care. Have a great week, everybody. Small steps. Big results and define your day to define your life and have a good attitude about it. We'll see you later. Bye.